this is the guy who social engineered his way into the Super Bowl after party. Twice. Twice. (laughs) So if you Uh, have questions when it comes... 2010 and 2020. 10 years apart. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you get... Yeah, he's a a master of social game. And I'm a big fan of status. I'm a firm believer that it's one of the core elements that creates a man's SMV. Uh, If you don't have voice, feel free to... Just text away in voice general, and we can uh, address those as we go along. So am I going to see who's watching the comments here? I want to make sure I'm not missing questions. Or it's going to um, be us talking. Yeah, it's, it's just, well, they can talk if they want. Uh, but yeah, it's, for those that don't have a mic, they can just chat in the voice general right gotcha. here. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So, all right. Uh, what, do you, what, what would be best for the Red Pill community here? Would you want to watch this video? I, I have no idea what it's about, so I'm kind of like jumping in blind. So um, I would really like to go through it just because it's really informative. And Good. it touches on a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. He doesn't necessarily go in the, into the detail that I would like. We kind of have some of the answers that they kind of beat around the bush with. Okay. So let me go ahead, and, go ahead and hit – I'll go ahead and hit play, and then I'll stop it as we, uh, as we find relevant pieces to talk about. I want to I gotcha. present to you some ideas and then you can just tell me what you think. Sure. And then we'll, we'll start from there. That sounds great. So have you have you heard that like young dudes aren't dating for the most part? Like they're not hooking up, they're virgins? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before we even go anything, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with dating apps um, and women having more options now. So, so, yeah, so I'll explain this idea, and I guess uh-huh. you agree. Yeah. But this, we, we did a segment on this before, so just bear with me if you've already seen it. Basically, before dating apps and, and social media, a college-age woman or, or high school, whatever age, mm-hmm. is their, their dating pool is limited. I think college is probably a better idea. Yeah. Right? It's, it's probably a better example. Mm-hmm. Their dating pool is limited to the other college students of the same age and around their, you know, their peers. But with Tinder, now they can message a 30-year-old guy who lives 5, 10 miles away yeah. and who has a car. Mm-hmm. So when they both when this woman swipes right on a 20 year old college dude and a, tw- and a 30 year old career guy, mm-hmm. she thinks they're both attractive. Messages both of them. The 30 year old guy says, "I can pick you up in my Honda Civic and we can go to the lake or go see a movie." Mm-hmm. And the college guy says, "You want to hang out my dorm with my with my dorm mates? Mm-hmm. Which one's she gonna pick?" She's gonna pick the guy who isn't in the dorm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. But so, but but would you say that's materialism, or do you think it's just? I think it's biological. This goes back to That's the status that we were talking about <laughs> like just a moment ago. Driven to find right. a mate, whether or not you like it or not. Like we're driven to be like, okay, who can support us? And you know, men are driven to be like, okay, well, you know, who's going to give us healthy children? These are biological impulses that we have. So a woman whose options are a guy with no job, drinks all the time, you know, parties. Like his age, it's age appropriate. You should be doing that stuff. But you know, she had, she had, you know, these. That was her pool. And now she has men who are have jobs and money and houses and uh, are ready to to do that to yeah. to be who she is biologically driven to want to be, and so she's going to choose that <clears throat> unless she's wanting to party to like the dorm guy and not ready to settle down. Because there's there's some so I, I think there's a mix between biological and social. Yep. I don't think it's purely one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think typically you'll find from like the feminists it's all social constructs. Yes. But there was a study I, I just talked about earlier um, on my other, one of my other channels that 
when a woman gets a promotion, mm -hmm. she is more likely to be divorced, to get divorced. Mm -hmm. If a man gets a promotion, there's no change. You think she gets divorced by like her saying, I want to get divorced now because I can support myself. Or is it the man saying, I can't live with you being more successful? I think than it's me. both. That's interesting. Well, I th so, so my opinion. Okay. This is the part I w we were getting at in the, uh, in the interview the other day. This is where they kind of, they don't, what they're saying might be true. There might be some aspects to that. But the problem is hypergamy doesn't care. Hypergamy mm -hmm. is what she was talking about with that biological impulse where women date up. So as they climb the socioeconomic uh, ladder, then the guys that are their peers or lower kind of become invisible to them. This is why women only see about 20% of guys as attractive. Everybody else kind of just falls by the wayside. That's not how the bell curve works when it comes to natural attraction. We're seeing this really kind of weird shift in expectations because women, young childless women, make on average 8% more than guys do in metropolitan areas. And a lot of that goes to women are making the lion's, or getting the lion's share of college degrees. College degrees track to higher income. So they're climbing the ladder more than guys are. So there's a smaller and smaller growing or shrinking pool of available men to date up into. This is why it's it's a paradox for women, uh, and this is it's tricky. So we were talking before the show, or before the uh, the Q and A session, and all this. Once upon a time, before social media, before the advent of Tinder and all these dating apps, guys had to compete with all the other dudes in the club or at their school or at their college. With the advent of Facebook, Tinder, Bumble, what have you, now guys are competing against all of the dudes across a much wider uh, age spectrum in their entire geographical region. So competition has never been higher. And a lot of guys are just saying, fuck it, I'm out. They're just not willing to compete. Uh, they're not willing to do the work to improve themselves, and they, just, they can't handle the competition. So do you have any uh, thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... So I'm kind of torn on this whole thing, okay? And I could tell a story to the guys who are listening in on this, but what they're saying at a fundamental level on a broad scale is absolutely true, okay? Men are going to be more attracted to women with evolutionary trackers replication, aka she's hot. <laughs> and women are going to be attracted to guys who can provide for them, who show status, who can take care of them, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, that's ultimately what we're, trying, we're discussing here. Am, am I missing Yeah, it? I think we're all on the same page. Okay, so... I, I'm not disagreeing at all about it. All evidence supports this on a sociological mass scale, okay? Now, with that said, I want to go back in time and talk about when I was, I was learning this, I was already advanced, I was pretty good with game, okay? So this is before even there was any ever concepts of sexual market value or any of this kind of stuff. I'm talking back in like 2007. I learned in 2006. I was kind of pretty advanced back around in like 2007 or so. Uh, now I'm in the Delano in South beach. I am a fat 21 year old boy. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm probably skinnier than I am now, I'm fatter now, whatever, but not, not in great shape. Uh, I've got decent, you know, clothes, right. But nothing that's like, you know, I'm not sporting a Rolex watch or anything like that. I, I'm peacocking probably back then. I got like blue eye contacts or whatever. And I'm talking to these girls in the most, one of, arguably one of the most beautiful lounges in the world in South Beach, uh, driving a Toyota Camry and living at my parents' house at the time and having barely any money in, in my account, 
okay, and being a, a college kid. And I'm there on one of these beds, and I'm talking to two girls, one on the other side of me. I'm running routines on them. I'm, you know, because background is very routine heavy based. But ultimately, I was basically running good game, for lack of a better word. I was doing what I knew to do right to really suck them in and get them investing more and more into me. I didn't understand really the power investment back then. I was kind of just stumbling across it, but, but I've been able to articulate and put into better words, you know, better terms now. But by pure accident, I was doing the right stuff back then. These girls were all into me. All of a sudden, a guy walks by, uh, me and the two girls on the bed, and he totally ignores me. He's got a little entourage with him. And he tells the girls, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks for every Beatles song that you can name. And I saw this, immediately I, this guy's flashing cash and I go, who are you? And he goes, I'm whatever, is, I forget his name at the time. He goes, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm the, um, I'm the owner of the Heat. Either he was like the owner or he was like the manager or something like obviously big. I don't know if he's a billionaire status, but like ridiculous, right? It was, he was like, I own the Heat or I don't think he was the owner. I think it was like the manager or something where he controls the like the the heat which are like in the playoffs right now huge you know huge sports team and the girl's like wow so i see this i recognize him as a threat and i just start you know rattling every uh, Beatles song that i can think of yellow submarine you know strawberry jude hey jude whatever just giving the girls the answers i whisper to girls here say that one say that one get some get another hundred get more hundred and he was realizing i'm just kind of like tooling him at this point that they're not being impressed they're just like taking his money and I'm like, hey, come on. I'm like, dude, come on, give us some more, give us some more. Let, let, let's pick another genre, bro. Like, this is awesome, right? And I'm cementing myself, I'm making him unsure if I'm here with the girls and I just meet them. I'm playing around with different frames. Long story short, I blew this guy out where the girls had a choice, but he, he kept on his entourage and he invited the girls to come join him at the bar with his entourage or they could stay with me and these girls decided to stay with me. So the moral of this whole story, and again, not, I'm not buff, I'm broke as fuck, all this shit. The moral, and there was more things that went on there behind the scenes, like some social engineering and stuff I was doing. But the moral of the story here is, yes, these are all great broad understandings that looks matter, you know, being you know, a guy who could support a girl is attractive, uh, you know, financial wealth and lifestyle and status obviously matter. Like I, I do a lot of social engineering and, and a lot of my social influence is based on these factors. Right. I just don't want it to be discouraging to guys who are like, look, I'm broke. I live in my parents' house. I'm this, I'm that. And then they get bitter and they get upset because they don't have these things. You don't need right. like you can get past that shit. You so, said a key word fact. a moment ago, too, that I think a lot of guys miss out on. You held frame. Oh, yeah. So like that's that's so integral to having your head on straight. That inner game aspect we talked about in the uh, in the podcast. Here's here's a beautiful thing. All right. Women, we, we, as guys, we are way, way too logical about all this shit. We're like women like status and women are evolutionary wired to want a guy who's rich and can support them. So therefore I need them. You know what a shortcut to all that shit is? They just have to feel that way. Yep. They just, I took from the story is that, yep. That if, um, you have good game, it doesn't matter if you don't have as much money What you're trying to get at. I would say game trumps all. I don't like to call it game anymore. I think that's like 
not not like for like feminist reason or anything like that. I, I just don't like it because I don't think it really hits the broad scope of what I'm talking about. I call it social influence. The ability to have control and influence over all things within your social life, whether it's picking up a girl, whether it's a social circle, whether it's, you know, uh, getting a raise from your boss at work. If you want to call it gaming, call it gaming. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, that trumps everything. If you understand how the people work, if you understand what people respond to, then you know how to play the system. I was, I'm a guy uh, just a couple of years, a few years ago, like three or four years ago, who made what, maybe like 3K a month, three, 4K a month. And I was partying on yachts. I was partying in mansions. I was had a, going to tables in Vegas or San Diego set up for me. All the status you could ever hope for. Networking and shit with multi, multi-millionaires, uh, sneaking into all these like crypto conventions, let's say like three or four years ago. Um, and it was all due to social influence or game, if you want to, you know, if you want to call it that. So all these other things matter. I'm not taking away from it. Like I would do better in life. One, just my own feelings and, and inner game, but also with women, also with people. If I lost the weight, I got a big fucking ass belly. And I'm on a mission right now, funny enough, to start losing it, losing the weight just for my own personal gain. But honestly, the biggest reason why I haven't lost the belly fat is because uh, is because I, I've never really needed it. It hasn't uh, stopped me from getting the kind of results I wanted. It's never so too late to start. Uh, you know what? We just started the uh, Chad Challenge 2.0 today, in fact. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I, my, my, actually, my point was, you know, with the Red Bull is, look, if I lose the fat, it'll only make me better. It's not going to make me worse. It's going to make me better. It's going to make me more attractive. There's actually a psychological uh, term for it. It's called the halo effect. So We were just talking about that on, on the uh, server here just the other night. Yeah. So or today, actually. It's super – I mean, it's beneficial. I'm not arguing this at all. Like, if you get a good body and, and you're jack whatever, it's going to make things more beneficial. And all the stuff they're saying is true. It's just it's it's second fiddle to when you know how to use real social influence or real game and how to like you know persuade or create any situation you want and control people's frames, control perceptions, uh, you know, trigger the right kind of emotions. It's just there's no comparison. I think another way of framing it, <laughs> no pun intended, is uh, it's just it all boils down to social savviness. Yeah. For those that are really at the pinnacle of that that, that top echelon of social savvy, um, a, a game is a good shorthand for the word to describe it, but it's so much more than that because it's not just you know talking to women. It's 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 all aspects of your life, like you were saying, getting uh, job interviews, getting a pay raise. Yes. Uh, it, it, talking to people. I talked about. I did this before. Uh, I mentioned this before. Going to Macy's, buying clothes, just bullshitting with the people at the clerks. You know what? Here, twenty percent off, just because I like you. That, not in so many words, but that was the gist of it. You know, because you are just schmoozing, basically. People want to get on your side, and if you can start kind of shaping your life in a way where your natural projection to the world draws out that uh, that that instinct to want to be on your side, to align with you socially, life is just going to be so much easier. You don't need to be six foot tall. You don't need to be a billionaire to get with very attractive women. Uh, like you were talking about just a little bit ago, you were able to blow out that guy who was affiliated with the Heat because you were able to 
creative framework that it was you and the girls trolling mm-hmm. the guy. So yeah. you had this little this this uh, this t- this together frame that they didn't. And I have tons of examples of this. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, I, I have, I'm five foot 10 and I wear Don shoes. You go to this, type in Don's shoes on Google. They give me an extra four inches of height and you can't tell. They look like normal shoes. But now I'm six one when I'm walking around. <laughs> like it's, and, I, and people are like, well, what happened when you take the shoes off? The girls don't care. Because emotionally, I've even had it where like the girls have seen me like, wait a minute, you're shorter now without the shoes. And sure, they'll shit test me, they'll give a little tease or whatever. And then when it's time to go back out, like, well, do you want me to use different shoes? They're like, no, 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 put the, put the, put the high shoes on. It's like, it, it, you just look more attractive. Like, they don't care as long as it feels to them, as long as the feeling gets sparked, the logic of it, are you actually this height or not? Doesn't Just like we don't give a fuck right. if the girls wear makeup or push-up bra, it's still attractive. We're susceptible to this too. It's that roller coaster of feels, and it's the same thing I've talked about ad nauseum. Now, I'm not tall. I'm only like five six, five five, depending on what. But if you're strong, if you can pick a girl up and twirl her around, yep. you're gonna trigger the same emotions, the same feelings that taller guys create naturally, just because mm-hmm. they're they're taller and they got to build. So if you're short like me, then you've got to get strong. You've got to get built. You're going to naturally bring out those emotions. Also, hello, Mike. Uh, welcome. Didn't hey catch guys. you. Yeah. Oh, yo, uh, Yeah. So we have a uh, – Jared, we're spot, going through... spot on. Uh, just real, real quick, the ability to influence people is exactly what we talk about when we're talking about game. It's a real important yeah. skill. Perfect. Good, good. Because yeah. this, this skill of social influence has gotten me so far with all – like business – with uh, sales, with marketing, it's gotten me with networking, it's gotten yeah. me with, in the sense of where like, I remember being friends with an affiliate marketer, we're partying in Vegas, I'm getting a free trip out there to help him, to show him tactics of how he can better network. He was bringing me on as a consultant, and I found the richest affiliate marketer in that conference in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me lose, whatever, and let me talk to him. I befriended him, buddied up with him, and conv- not only, you know, part of them where he's paying for the table, he's bringing the girls around. He's wearing these shoes that are like $10,000 shoes, I swear to God. Like, he's, he's got something bigger than a black card, all this stuff. And I was able to cut through all the other guys trying to like pick his brain and befriend this guy, show him a good time, and then convince him to fly out to San Diego with me and network uh, with my buddy. Like, this, these skills go on for so many things, and it's not... And what I want, I really, really want to stress the message to everybody listening here is you're not, don't just be like, well, my situation's fucked. I'm not high on the sexual market value. So therefore, like influence that shit. You can't, you can, you can change all of that. You don't have, I was living a millionaire lifestyle. Funny enough, I'm, I'm, the more money I'm making now, I'm living less than lifestyle. I'm more like, no, I got to, you know, grind and worry. So it's really weird, honestly. When I was more broke, I was actually living more of a, Millionaire bought a lifestyle, funny enough. But with that said, you know, you can have whatever kind of life or lifestyle you want. You don't need to have all these things in place. They do help, obviously, the resources, but nothing trumps. I'll take social influence over anything. Anything. All right. There we go. Uh, let's see. Any uh, anybody have any questions? MK, I know you're uh, you're on this stuff. Wrong, Jong. Any other questions? I know you had a, a comment there a minute ago. Alpha? I'm, I mean, I think that was pretty uh, 
shut, like good tight. <laughs> now, I could say some of the caveats of, so for instance, I remember a time where like I lost a lot of the weight, uh, where I was, I wasn't jacked, but I wasn't fat by any means. I had like well-fitted clothes and things happened to me that never happened before. Me doing the stuff I'm doing with my body language and walk and eye contact. I, I remember coming out of the bathroom and had a girl who was sitting in the chair just wrap her legs around me and pull her, pull me in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this shit doesn't happen. <laughs> like, this didn't happen when I was fat, right? So more opportunities do open uh, to you. But ultimately, it's, it's everybody listening to this should be trying to dial all of these things in. And Yeah, that, that right there is the key, is it's that, that holistic kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, good quote-unquote game. Uh, Adam said this years ago. It'll let you punch above your weight one or two points. But if you're naturally like a five because you're a fat sack of shit, then drop the weight. Become a six. You know, fix your teeth. Use deodorant for a change. Now you're a seven. So now oh, instead yeah. of getting, you know, girls that might be only a six or a seven, now you're looking at eights and nines. I would say... If you okay. think of it in that context. Uh, so we, I can play with... So playing with this framework for some guys, I'm assuming some guys listening to this are like, we, we don't have that. I'm not that jacked, right? Uh, I'm not that rich. I'm assuming that's a common issue or problem because the, the framework what I would say is perception is reality. So I don't need to have a mansion or some fancy car or whatever, things that girls not seeing right off the bat. But I would, I would, if I'm broke, I would rather invest in my fashion because that's what she's going to see right off the bat, the cookie cutter. I'd rather have really nice clothes than have the best place. I see guys who are like trying to get the best apartment ever, but everything else sucks. It's like, she's not even ever seeing your apartment. Who gives a fuck? So think of this, all this as a funnel. She's going to first yeah. see, like you said, like teeth, get that shit fixed. Grooming, smell, that's a that's a visceral emotional response. If you smell, it doesn't matter what you're saying, she's repugnant. She wants to get away from you. Get that shit fixed, right? I think if I see the whole thing as a giant sales funnel. Yes. This is why okay. some of the best guys at this stuff that I've ever seen came from a sales background. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, two, like how I'm seeing this is it's all like the higher SMV, basically the less you have to work for things, but the lower your SMV, the more you have to work for things. Things True. don't come as naturally to you when your SMV I, is higher. So it's about fixing the small stuff to, you know, push you in the right direction kind of. Can I, can I flip that for you for a second? So yep. one of the things that makes your SMV higher is not having to work at things. And that's the outcome independence piece that we talk about, which is no matter what happens, I know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So that it, it's, it's a little bit of a feedback loop. Whereas, you know, if you're, it's your, if your SMV is higher, you're going to have more abundance. You're going to have more outcome independence. You're not going to care so much because you're going to have a lot of options. For example, if you won a lottery tomorrow and you still spent conservatively and whatnot, you wouldn't care if you got an overdraft charge for $30. You wouldn't. Yeah. You, you're yeah, going you to stop sweating the small stuff. You're going to go, you know yeah. what? That, that, was a, that was a bonehead move. I shouldn't do that, but I'm going to be fine financially. So, I mean, uh, maybe working on yourself wasn't the right terminology, but like say taking care of yourself is the first step. Yeah, I would say it, that's that absolutely. Changed, when it comes to the physicality, the, the presentation, we've got a whole video on that subject. Uh, you get It's not any one thing. It's an amalgamation of a variety of different yes. factors. Yeah. But the physicality, your presentation, like Jared was just saying, that is the number one. Th- that's the first thing they're going to see. 
it's also the so, easiest stuff to fix. Like mm -hmm. you could go out yep. today and get a haircut, take a shower, groom yourself, probably go out, buy a new shirt, new pair of jeans, sport coat, some nice dress shoes. You can go fix that today. You could whiten your teeth within a week. You could start lifting and probably get in better shape within a couple months and start getting toned. It's the easier stuff to get out of the way. The real inner game, the difficult stuff, that takes a long time. And so the reason we say start small is so you get some momentum early on and you get those newbie gains. And that's good. That that helps with your abundance. That helps with your confidence level. That's why we say start with that stuff. Yeah, and all and that other stuff compounds yeah. it. I mean, you know, working out and all that is it good. It does. And you, I'm telling you right now, and Jared talked about this just a second ago as well. When you start making those physical improvements and then you, you go out approaching, you're going to start seeing better and better reactions. And it's going to cause that positive feedback loop. This is why we always talk about confidence builds confidence. When you start getting the positive reinforcement, that's what drives this whole thing, this whole system. That positive reinforcement is the engine that drives guys in the correct direction. If you always get in the car and you always get in an accident, you're not going to want to drive for very long. So you kind of got to flip the script a little bit and make sure that you're doing the stuff that we talk about in the show. Uh, and Jared's talking about the same thing right now where you just, you got to, yeah, fix the small stuff first, hit the low hanging fruit. But if you, at some point though, you've got to get your head on straight. Yeah, I, I think, look, I, I think it all kind of starts flowing together. First step is I agree. I think we all agree with the first step. If a guy is just not checking any boxes, at all, everything, right? Do this very simple stuff first. Fashion, grooming, fix your, you know, read a book on body language, you know, play around tonality. Tonality was one of the hardest fucking things for me. I used to mumble and talk way too fast and like, mm. people couldn't understand what the fuck I was saying. So talking I- Talking too fast and, and pecking are like the worst things I still pecking. see to this day. Yeah. So I did all of those. I, I, my hands were in my pockets, uh, sh shrugged shoulders all the time. I was just a typical dorky nerd. I was a lot, a lot of random shit. So it, it does take work. It takes a lot of being uh, aware and conscious of what you're doing. Once that's down and you get those fundamentals, then yes, of course, you're going to be going to the gym, working out. You're going to be doing stuff to better yourself uh, you know, financially. And if you're, we're talking about specifically with women, though, then all these things, it's like, to me, all of that was like supplements to go to the gym. The gym was, let me go out and talk to women and do approaches and just always be around a girl. That was like my mantra. But when I was learning this, the first year, okay, again, fat kid, broke, no, I mean, like I was in college, nothing about my identity was considered attractive, but I was going out six nights a week for the first year. And then year two and three, it was probably going about four nights a week. And my, if I was out, it was, I'm always in set. I'm always talking to a girl. I'm always in this interaction. And that was the gym. That was like the social gym for me. And we, I started realizing like, okay, these are attractive behaviors. These are not, these are how successful and, and call them chads or, you know, whatever you want to call them now. These are how these naturals, whatever they, they act. This is the kind of stories they tell. This is the way they respond to things. They don't give a fuck about things. And I put myself in that mindset and was taking and adapting these behaviors through immersion by befriending them, by seeing them in action, by studying the patterns and what they're doing. And if anything, it, I, I almost, it, I got too good too fast, but I, I almost regretted, uh, like if it was more of a hindrance, I probably would have gotten shape and not for women, but just for overall health and well-being. Like I wouldn't have little aches and pains, uh, getting 
be taking more of a stance on wealth. So I would have more savings and have stuff, you know, now later on in life, it probably would have been better. So I actually, I'm actually telling people like, don't just go all in, in one basket, put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Uh, but what I'm, I really want guys to understand is if we're just talking about the women area, right? They're like, how you make them feel and the way you get investment is going to trump, it's going to trump all. The rest of all this other stuff, this the side lining stuff, is just became stimulants. It became like, gives me extra ability to do things. Like I have more money, I was able to take them on uh, better dates and do more things that I like to do. Uh, being in shape, I'm able to like lift girls up and do displays of strength, which is another attraction point, another cool thing that I could do. It gives me more to work with. And it doesn't also, and to certain caliber of women, would, you know, can disqualify you. And I, and so that, that's, so here's a fair point too. Like I was approaching these, these women in Vegas who were like, you know, like basically Victoria's Secret models. They were just ridiculous. Right. And I was instantly getting to take a look at me. And I was instantly getting disqualified. And I, and at first I'm like, oh my God, maybe I hit my limit. Maybe this really is, maybe I, I really do have to get jacked, be really good looking. I have to be throwing money at shit or doing some displays of wealth. I don't know. Like they're not giving me the time of day. They're giving me massive indifference. And then I kind of looked at, all right, who are these girls getting with? First of all, like, where are they hooking up? And I just studied them, looked at them. And I saw that they're the girl, those kind of caliber girl, they're going home or going to the next party, whatever, as far as I saw with the guys they entered with. And that's when it clicked with like, okay, social circle. Like, who are these guys who are around those girls who know them? And what I stopped, what I started doing is I stopped approaching the nines and tens. And I'm not saying you can't make it work, like you can, it's just very hard. Uh, but what, but a much easier route was, I saw who the nines and tens were around or with the guys and I approached those guys. There you and, go. I, and I befriended them and that was my back door. And now all of a sudden <laughs> when I was in the social circle, now I'm all of a sudden the guy behind the red rope. I'm the guy in the, on the DJ booth. I'm the guy at the private exclusive, uh, you know, the party that, you know, and this works for guys, this is not even just women, this is just people, right? But like being at these events, being in a social circle and now the girls know that they see me and they're gonna see me again. And that I know their friends and I'm connected in some way. All of a sudden it was, it's fucking night and day. They become so sweet. They're no longer bitchy or indifferent. They are like damn down to hang out. They're more sexually receptive. It was mind blowing because I've changed my perception in their eyes, but my life, but my life situation was still the same. Uh, and it's also for guys too. I was in San Diego and going to this club Omnia, like every night or, you know, not every night, but like every weekend. And there was a host there who like, wouldn't even look at me. If I was on fire, he wouldn't piss on me. Like he just did not give a shit about me. I'm, bring, I'm even bringing girls to the front of the line. Like, you know, I've got a pass. Uh, I might even have a comp table set up. This host just did not give a shit about me. He, I was come to him. One day, the, I befriended a guy who books the DJs for that club. He invited me to his house for an after party. I'm in this balcony, we're smoking a cigar and drinking a beer, honest about talking about life and just shooting the shit. And then guess who walks in the balcony, all still like dressed up in a suit, the fucking host. And this is a small party. There's like 10 of us. There's like maybe four dudes, six girls. It's, it's pretty small, it's intimate. And he comes in a balcony and I just like nod at him, like, oh, what's up? 
And then he like his eyes widen. He's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm John," and like introducing himself to me like we never met before. And I'm like, "Oh, what's up?" Ever since that night, every time I went to Omni, he's like, "Jared," you know, he's like making a big show of like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" Because all of a sudden, my entire frame in his mind drastically changed, and now I'm a somebody. The, 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 and it was all done through social circle and making those kind of connections. It's interesting you were just talking about this. Uh, for those that remember. Bro tip number three, you can't get the hottie till you appease the naughty. And it's kind of, there's a lot of overlap with what you're talking about right now, where it's that social kind of aspect, where if you can't get into the group because the girls you're really interested in are, maybe they've got all 10 other guys trying to get their attention, then make friends with the other girls. Make friends with the guys that are there. That becomes your in, and then you kind of spin up from there. So, yeah, it's, it all comes down to the social savviness that social game and working the room. So you just try to be friends with everybody. Yeah. It it's not, not just natural be friends for, with everybody. Game everybody. Yeah, it's it's not natural for most people if you're not a natural extrovert. So there is a learning curve there for sure. But it there's can, no reason. It can be a learned skill though. You can yeah, learn. It absolutely is. You can learn how to have fun and banter with people. Social skills are a skill you can learn. But they're also a perishable skill if you don't use them often. I teach them every day. Like, I, I, hundred, my, my whole industry and business and the last 15 years of my life have been teaching these skills so, and getting massive success for my students. So I know for a fact that it's a learnable, teachable skill. And you can get rusty, absolutely. Um, I don't think it ever goes away entirely, but I will notice, like, if I am just grinding and not social for two months, it's, it's not like riding a bike. I, I am rusty, but it comes back. I think it's just like uh, like the body. Like, if, you know, if you let yourself go a little bit, but you've been fit your whole life, it's pretty, you know, you, you just start going back to it and you're like, okay, back to the gym. It starts, the weight starts losing. You get back to your pre-existing, you know, pre-existing body. Yeah, it's but, like having muscle memory. It, yeah, you're yeah. right. You can be rusty, uh, but you're able to get back on the bicycle a lot faster mm -hmm. than if you're learning it all from scratch. Mm -hmm. This is now, the sad thing I see with a lot of guys too. They get into the community. They start making some progress. They get a girlfriend. Oh my Six God, months later, that. then they, it all falls <clears throat> apart, and then they're back to square one. It's like because they let themselves, they stopped doing it, and they just kind of like coasted, and then it's like, ah, shit. Then it all goes south. Yeah, I'm sure that, you've seen this a bazillion times. So sad because that to me shows a guy who's results oriented, not process oriented. Like I even see with the program, yeah. students will come to my program, and they'll be like. You know, I want to get really good. I got all these goals. I want to become the fucking man. I want to learn all this shit. I'm like, awesome. Let's get going. And then like two months in, they find this girl. They're like, oh, I got a girlfriend now. I'm like, cool. I can keep training. You don't, you can even date her if you want, but there's so much more to learn on all these other different levels because you just started your journey. You don't want to like lose it all. But of course they stop showing up to calls. They are not active in the Slack group. They're not going through my masterclass and it's the epitome of it because realizing you got to get too fast or you got to grow too fast because now what's going to happen if they break up with that girl? They don't remember this shit. It's not, they haven't learned and cemented in a key lesson that's going to last in the rest of their lives. So now they're going to be back to square one and they've only scratched the surface. So that really is a shame. It's a, it's a big trap I find where if you want to, here's the other thing. All right, here, okay, so here's something where I think uh, what you guys are talking about is, is absolutely, I, I'm a firm believer of this. You can never get the perfect girl until you are your perfect self. You will never get your dream girl until you're your dream self, which means 
you need to check and, and, and have leveled up all the boxes. Your social influencing game needs to be as good as can be. You need to be in the best shape you can be. You need to be at the height of your career and, and making the most you can make. Set up the right lifestyle you can make. Like if you don't have all these boxes checked where you're crushing it in all areas of life, you can't expect to continuously, you can hook up with whatever, but you're not gonna really have a relationship and settle down with your the perfect girl until you can check all those boxes. That I do believe in. This goes back to women being a lagging indicator of success. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. And I've absolutely been a firm advocate of the statement that the quality of women that a man keeps is reflective of his own inner uh, worth, or his self-worth, his own uh, self-esteem, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can definitely see it where guys will settle because I think it's just that lack of abundance, that lack or that insecurity in themselves, so they settle down with what they can get. When you look at the guy and you're like, man, outwardly, you would think this guy can do a lot better. But for whatever reason, that's the best he decided to go for. It happens. It does. Um, uh, Mike, any thoughts on that? I I missed it. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, we'll we'll come back to it. If we're going into like settling, or you know, if if they settle, or are you have to be your best like ideal self before you can get your dream ideal girl. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. I, that's why I think I I, I just want to make sure like the good message. I'm always. I hear different things about the community. I just want to make sure like the message always should be, yes, level up all areas of life, max out. And that's what's going to get you the best girl possible. That's just like, that's what's going to get you a lot of options. Like you're going to have, you're going to be able to choose from whoever you want. Right. Mm -hmm. Now that, that actually, so here's a, here's a funny industry. I came up with some of my, um, some of my friends, uh, and you know, guys I go out with and strategize with and whatnot. There is an actual like funny notion or idea that, the abundance mentality can also be, it's a blessing, but it can also be a curse. Where the idea is that we have like this running joke, the happiest couple are the fat, disgusting, gross guy and girl, because they know they can't get anything better. They know, they're just so appreciative that anyone's dating them, right? When you have massive abundance, it's you, you have one little fight and you're like, man, I can find another girl. Why the fuck am I dealing with this shit? Like, it's, it's hard to- I think that's what happens, that's what happens with celebrity couples. At. They yeah. can't hold down relationships exactly. because they got so many options. Exactly. So it's like, ooh, it's is this the, like uh, it, it all goes back to uh, paralysis by analysis. And that's not right. It's the, uh, what do you call it? When you have too many options to choose from and you kind of brain lock. It's yeah. uh, options overload. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing. So I've seen examples of that and it's like, oh shit, you know, like if you have so much abundance that it's, you can't value what you actually have that's its own type of problem and whatnot but to me it's like look if you're with a girl and she truly does make you happy and you've invested in a life with her then she has something no other girl can have you know she has uh experiences with you that can't be taken away like you can actually value and love her and, and have that and that's even if a hotter girl or whatever girl comes along it's not still not going to compare because you have that connection and that that, that chemistry with her uh even though we want to, we want everything to be logical and want to get the best mate possible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and to me, it comes down to the investment principle. When we invest in a girl and when she invests in us, that's just going to cause real traction. But there is a real problem with overabundance. We get the, those too many options we can't choose or we start doubting our choice. It's yeah. a problem. It, 
what you were just saying though about the the investment. I'm a big fan of the concept of time under tension. So just like with fitness and working out, the time that you spend with a woman, especially if it's a cold approach kind of situation, you go out, you meet them, the longer you're together, the more you're raising that mere exposure effect. Do you remember that? Right, so that's time investment. Well, mere mere exposure effect though is when you're in front of her, you take away and then you are in front of her again. It's the it builds report, like seeing signs for Coca-Cola. They use mirror yeah. exposure effect. They just remind you they exist. Yeah. So the, it's the familiarity is what makes people prefer. Is it mirror exposure or is it uh, propinquity? Propinquity, pro, pro, propinquity is uh, comfort for people around you in your like neighborhood or comfort right. due to location. They're just close to you. Uh, you're, what you're describing though is more just, it's just plain time investment. Yeah, that time investment is absolutely critical. So I used to do this all the time. I'd go out to a club and meet some girls. Me and my friends, we'd all be hanging out. And we think things are going well. Turn around, get distracted. Some other guys roll in. We're like, okay, well, we were already in there good. But then the other guys, they never leave. And then the girls go Mm -hmm. home with them. Because they were with them longer than they were with us. That's all it came down to. That was really the main determining factor. Was who yeah, had I, more FaceTime with him that night? I look at look at my sexual market investment sometimes more than like sexual market value. You need both. I mean, it's the same. Like, because no one's going to invest in something that doesn't have value. But ultimately, if I can trigger girls who are investing in me in all different ways, that is going to have her chasing after me and going for me more so than simply just displays of value. Oh, we got a new one. Uh, super Super, do you have any questions, comments? Uh, if you don't have a mic, feel free to drop your questions over in Voice General, and we will get to them. Oh, he is typing. Hmm. I can hear clickety-clackities. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Mike. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the video, though, I... I I think yeah, I've covered the core part of that where it's the, oh, he does not have any questions. She, she's just talking about, I mean, from getting from the video, I mean, there's obviously more, but. Oh, it, yeah, there's it, a lot more. The video's just kind of talking about uh, that women are evolutionarily wired to want to support a guy. Well, it's not just that. It was There's a lot of stuff that they go into. Um, the crux of it is what happens when we have this gulf of haves and have-nots widening. Uh, it, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole MGTOW thing. We're ah. seeing a lot more guys go that direction and just kind of like just dropping out of the system entirely for a variety of different reasons. Agree with me? Ah. It is a reality that has to be faced at some point. How we're going to fix the situation, I don't know. It's unnatural. I, I don't understand. I... It is unnatural. It's very weird this time we're living in. People can say they're MGTOW, whatever, but I think that's going to cause psychological damage or harm in the long term. I don't see anyone being healthy saying, I don't need women, oh. women are not part of my yeah. life, and I'm removing myself from the dating pool. It's like, and you got to realize, I mean, there are women out there, but we're kind of doing it too. Like, you know, those same guys, it's like, all right, here's a less attractive woman. She'd be down to date. No, I want the hot one. So it's like, right. aren't we kind of like, oh, you know, we're all uh pining for the same girls as well like the super hot girls so what about girls who are like fours and threes like the not attractive ones they're they're struggling as well now 
Right. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, you'd think it'd make like counter disparity where all the threes and fours won't have anything <laughs> anything left if this really takes off and a lot of guys decide. Well, Fuck it. this this is one of those things that's a really weird conundrum because even though a lot of the women are going without, at the same time, the the threes and the fours, so to speak, are still having abundance that the guys don't. Yeah, it's, that's ridiculous. It's a it's it's not the way people think in a lot of cases. Where back in the day we had a sort of maiden where threes went to threes, fours went to fours, fives went to fives. People kind of lined up naturally with those that were about the same level of attractiveness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work that way anymore, thanks to this abundance that women get through the availability of these social media and these dating apps. So, a lot of guys are just they're so starved for attention that just being nice to a guy can get interpreted as positive interest. And you see this a lot, actually, online. Uh, oh, my God, she said hello. She must like me. Well, no, she was just being nice. I'm, I'm also hearing it from the women's side of it because, I mean, a big part of what I preach and, and help guys with and what I do myself is, you know, befriending lots of women and seeing what women are going through and what's, you know, their side of this whole thing. Uh, and what I'm hearing a lot from them as well is there's its own other, it's the other side of the coin of the movement is guys and guys are becoming less dateable. There's less guys who, you know, every guy is just like, yeah, I just want friends with benefits. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, let's just, let's just hook up, like the hookup culture, right? So well, now, women are getting There's a flip side to this too, though. So, Jared, mm-hmm. you got to realize it goes back to what we were saying before. The guys that can get away with that are getting away with it because they're in that top 10, 20% that all the women want anyways. So the, women, the, women I'm talking to, the women I'm talking to are saying more and more majority of guys are acting that way. Even if they can't get away, even if like an ugly guy that can't do it, they're, uh-huh. they're yeah. acting that way in regardless. And girls are like, I'm not, like, I wouldn't do that with you, especially. And they're just like, what the fuck? Why are these guys, no guys actually want to date or, or I didn't want to hear it from the women's side of this. So yeah. it's not just like, oh, the only really cool guys, the, the you know, hypergamy guys at the top of the food chain, they're getting all the girls, they can get away with this shit. What the women are that I'm talking to are saying is there's like no good guys. Like these, there's any of the guys you're talking to, uh, everybody wants casual shit, Netflixing chill. Let's just hook up, no commitment. And the girls are you know upset with this as well. Maybe there's gonna be females going their own way and just be like we be like <laughs> nobody's getting what they want. I would have to see the caliber of guys that these women are talking to that they're getting that from. This is one of those things where you gotta kind of. Judging by their actions, not their words. Mm-hmm. So, like, who, what type of guys are they going for? Totally fair. I, I will. That's actually a really good question. I would like to see like who they're talking to on Tinder, and you know, what is it? And to be fair, I am you know, most of the girls in my in my social circle are more on the more attractive side, uh, at least like you know, sevens or whatever. So, it would be interesting. I'm trying to like think my head. It would be interesting talking to a girl who's not that attractive, and like, what is her experience? Maybe in the lower pool, it's it's a lot better. Maybe like the you know more less attractive. I'm trying to say nice word for it. Like the more less attractive pool people are actually having a, a easier time where they're just like like I said, like appreciating, appreciative. Like we're like they're just happy with whatever they can get. It's well, it, maybe it's just that validation, the attention that they're getting on these on these dating apps. And that is going to be my next point: is that a lot of this is also location dependent. Uh, the video that we had playing earlier. Uh, Tim talked about this, and he makes a good point. So if you go out into the rural areas, the Midwest, where you don't have big towns or huge uh, uh, 
populations in general, you're you're getting back to the local pool dating pool that we historically had throughout mm-hmm. history. So I grew up in a town of only about 5,000 people. And my graduating high school class only had 60 people. So very lim- limited options. And if I had Tinder back in 1995, I still would have only had 60 people to choose from. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? In, in that same pool. So unless I went 5, 10, 15, 20 miles out, in which case now I'm competing against all of the guys in our county. So... But yeah, if you're not going to do that, if you're going to be fixed to a smaller geographical uh, area, then your options really haven't changed. So yeah. this doesn't become an issue in small town life. And that is that is definitely true. Like the online I see it every dating, time I go back home, the, the, people are they they respond differently, mm-hmm. they treat us differently. It's like going back in time in a sense, <laughs> and I, I like it. It's refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I've never had that, unfortunately. I've always been big for a lot of New York, Vegas, San Diego. So I never had the small town uh, feel to it. But I will say that so what dating apps are doing is they're giving people a false sense of abundance mentality. Yes, absolutely. So that's that goes without saying. And it goes for guys and girls um, as well. But, you know, it's definitely the same girls who are you know being choosy or low invested initially early on with messaging on Tinder or Bumble are the same ones I know I would blow them away if we are just cold approach her in person and saw her in a bar where like her only options in this moment are what's physically around her, right? Well, Versus... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna argue with one thing. I would say for guys, it creates a false sense of abundance. For women, it does create abundance. Because we've seen this where girls that most guys would ignore, like, eh, uh, yeah. no thanks, where they're going out and getting guys left, right, and center every night if they yeah. wanted to. No, I, I agree with that actually. No, you're, yeah, you're, that's you're, you're that before. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, an apples and oranges kind of abundance effect when it comes to this stuff. And again, it's like we talked about in the videos where, or in the podcast, where men are the chasers, women are the choosers, generally speaking. So guys are the ones who are swiping right on everything in their little uh, app. Women, not so much. By the way, don't do getting... that. Pro tip: yeah. Do not do that because the algorithm is going to fuck you up. Yeah, and I think Jamie even talked about this where she was saying that she's, or maybe it was a different video I'm thinking, somebody else I'm thinking of, where the girls were saying that, no, they don't swipe right on everybody. They're very selective. And even being selective, they're inundated with messages. So it's just, most women go on these dating apps from what I've seen, and they spend a very limited amount and a very short amount of time on them before they just like, no, I'm done. Too many dick pictures, I'm out. And they just, they bail. They're on there for a very limited time. They get a handful of messages. They might get some dates. They might get some hookups. And then they get in, they get out. They don't stick around for very long. So, okay. So, like, let's get – because I'm assuming anybody listening to this is looking for help in these kind of areas, right? So – Well, it's it's a variety of different things. Some guys want to get a girlfriend. Some guys have a girl they've got one itis for, and they're trying to figure out a way to get out of the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's very, very, very – yeah. So it's definitely getting, you know, tougher. Girls are having the more abundance. I think that's a definite thing. But again, it comes down to one of my success mantras. I went on record just recently. I, I made this new revelation recently. Um, I'm open to it being challenged. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's what I it's what I feel, it's what I think, is that all inner game issues, all mentalities come to play and just auto correct and auto fix. If you dial in 
the inner game for becoming success-minded. If you understand how like to become successful as a person uh, and learn whatever it is in front of you, all the rest of inner game just comes. It just it's just basically like an auto thing. And I have 22 success mantras that I go with and and explain to people like action is better than inaction or you know um, I am comfortable being uncomfortable stuff like that, right? Well, can and you describe what it means to be success minded? Success minded means I have a goal, I have a vision. Here's what I want to do. Let's figure out how to make it work, and you make it work. It's 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 like the growth mindset. It's the idea of I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to become successful at whatever it is that's in front of me. And if you want to get better with women, it's like, all right, I have the mindsets of, of how to be a great learner. How am I going to learn how to be great with women? And I'm going, and that's, what's going to get me there versus I need to like find all these mindsets from different places. As long as I have that seed, that success minded of, I know I'm going to get this. I don't know anything about it now. And that, that's the case with me. It's been the case with me for tons of stuff. It was for women, for business, for uh, public speaking, for coaching, for whatever. I, never, I was never naturally good at these things, but I had this mindset of I'll get successful. I'll become top notch. I'll become one of the best at, the, at this. And I just okay. set off and I go, now it's time to just implement and start doing it. And there's sort of mentalities you need to, to, in order to succeed at things in life. Now, when it comes to the success-mindedness, uh, what you're talking about is something we talked about. I did a video on a while back. You create your goal, and then you small chunk the progress, creating uh, checkpoints along the way. We've talked about this as well with creating mission and using goals as waypoints along that path. I think that there's a lot of overlap in what we're talking about tonight. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this, is, this is very new, by the way. So I'm still putting it all together, you know, but... Over the last three years, the last 15 years, I've been studying attraction, social dynamics, all of that stuff, social engineering, persuasion, whatever, right? Um, I've pretty much studied everything under the sun when it comes to these kind of topics. For the last three years, though, what interested me is why some people become successful and other people don't. Why is it that some people find the PUA industry or the dating coach industry or red pill or whatever the fuck, and they get really good with women, and other people find it and get the same information and suck? And still don't get better. I think and, it's checking ego, and a lot of it comes down to internalization versus externalization. Some guys see it as a way to fix themselves. Others see it as a way to fix a as a solution to a situation as like shortcuts, the magic bullets that don't really exist. Mm-hmm. I think there's that's really a big piece of that. Also, we got Jan Swobo and Written. Do you guys have any questions for Jerry? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, we're coming up on one hour, so I wanted to make sure everybody's got an opportunity to talk. No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm just listening to the tail cool. end. I'm just listening to. All right. Well, we've been recording this, so we'll uh, throw it up here at some point uh, once I get it cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely always want to, you know, anytime I'm on, I want to help whoever's listening as much as possible and talk about, because I can talk about all, all of this, success-minded, getting good with women, sexual market value, investments, like... I mean, I could go on with all these topics, but ultimately, if people are here, they're listening, they're in the community, they're 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 engaging. There's something that they want, right? There's something that's you know holding them back from achieving the kind of life and lifestyle that they want to have. And ultimately, nothing else. I obviously I can't tell you know show people how to do everything in in a call. So ultimately, every time I'm on these kind of t- you know do these talks, I always want to stress the idea that it is possible. There is hope. 
you, it isn't, you are not doomed. You are not like, and, and there, we talk about this in terms of like the fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And it's also this big realization I have is success-minded people that there is a proven formula. So what, what I did was I looked at every successful person in all wakes of, not every person, but every archetype. Like this, uh, I looked at billionaires. I looked at spiritual leaders. I looked at famous people and actors who got successful with their craft. I looked at athletes like Michael Jordan and whatnot. I looked at some of the greatest seducers in the world, right? Totally different fields, but all very successful in their field. And I was trying to get ideas from all of them on why they got successful and other people didn't. And what really, really astonished me was they're all saying the same fucking thing. No matter what they're doing, even though it's completely drastically different than the other person, what got them to be successful at what they're doing is always the same thing. It was the same mindsets and mantras and habits and the ways of perceptions of the world. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. If people can stumble across this and start living life and thinking certain ways, they will become successful, whatever they're trying to do. And they'll just nail it. And the other cool thing I realized is if you've proven in your life that you can become successful at one thing, you've proven you know you have what it takes to get successful at anything. Uh, you into that uh, Elon Musk kind of thing. Meaning what? Well, he was one of the co-creators of PayPal. Then he went on to create, uh, well, not create, but he was one of the the guys who really got Tesla going, mm. and now SpaceX, and now yeah. Neuralink, and now the Boring Company, and now who knows what else. He's just a, a, a success machine that all started because of PayPal. And I'm sure if you go back even further, there was something else that led to that success. He's one of those guys that just it just keeps stacking, never stops. Yeah. And, and, and it can start whenever, too. Like, I, I, here's the other funny thing, though, is if pay, like if we look at his life before PayPal and he wasn't successful at anything, he just sucked at life with everything before PayPal, I still wouldn't be surprised because it's not this innate, uh, this innate gene or type that a person is. For instance, before women, I don't think I was really that successful at anything. I got okay grades. I, was, I played games. I wasn't doing any sports. I wasn't like, I really didn't have anything where I'm like, I'm the man at this. I'm super successful at this. I'm better than most people. Like I really sucked at most things. And then when I started realizing, oh, I can learn how to get better with women. I was motivated enough. And there was clear guidance on how to do it. But not, I mean, there really wasn't back then, but like illusionary guidance, right? Um, it set off the right way of thinking somehow. I don't know, I guess naturally, I was just like, all right, I can, I just fully have blind faith, I can believe it. And then once I proved that, and I realized, oh my God, through sheer will of force, of going out of the time, experimenting nonstop, going and looking for every mentor I could find to help me, uh, I made a big, big identity change where I realized, holy shit, Jared, you can get good at shit. You did it. You're, you're like better than almost anyone you meet at going up and talking to women and, and getting the kind of women you want. Like you know all this shit when other people don't, you can do this. And it's tried and true. And like that had a big effect on my identity where it transferred to, well, I could probably get successful and do that with public speaking. And I could probably, you know, the first time I was offered to coach guys on picking up women and building attraction, uh, I, I turned it down. I said, no, I was, I was too scared. I was like, I'm who the fuck am I? Like, I don't, I help people locally, but I'm, nothing to brag about like i'm just a guy right but then the, the second uh, time they call that the imposter syndrome 
Yeah, ex exactly. Yes. So I like the imposter syndrome. So, you know, when they asked me the second time, I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And then I did it and it was cool. And, and, you know, but I had that mindset of, I can learn this, I can get this down. And then I just became fascinated by pedagogy, the science of teaching. How do I get what's in my head into a student's head? How do I get them the kind of results I have? That became my game. It wasn't like, what can I do with girls? It's what can like my puppet do with like the students, like my puppet, like how do I get him to do the right things? And how do I get through to him and make him understand these things and, and figure out his sticking points so he can get the kind of women he wants and get success. And then I realized like, holy shit, all of a sudden, it's not overnight, like I'm really good at it. Uh, the first business I ever started, I got to become a six figure business in the first six months. And I've never done it before, but I was like, I had this mindset, believe it, like I'll figure it the fuck out. I'll use the success formula. I will learn how to do this correctly. But it all started with women. Before women, I wasn't successful at shit. Like I sucked at everything, you know? So wherever, like again, hope is the main thing I want people to get from this. Wherever you are in life, whatever situation, even if you're ugly or short or not in the right shape or you're broke or you have anxiety, you know, whatever the fuck, it's all changeable. You can control the things you control, forget the things you can't control. Just like they're not important. And keep tweaking and playing with the system and you will keep leveling up and you will start figuring it out. All it takes is one thing. If you can prove that you get success on one thing and you actually determine and you give it your all and you do the right processes and practices, then it is going to stick in that identity. It's going to make you better at the next thing, at the next thing, at the next thing. And you just take that on. And it's such a powerful sense of identity. Like the one thing I know that gives me value, like you talk about sexual market value, right? Like what makes somebody super valuable? The ultimate thing I have of value and guys can take this or leave it, it's up to you. And people can argue this. The ultimate thing I have of value that where I like, I wake up every day, like happy and respecting myself and loving myself is I know that I'm someone who's going to constantly keep growing and getting better at things in life. So even if I don't have it now, like I'm fat right now, I am the only way weight, but in my mind, because I'm, I'm starting the, my, my health journey again, I should, in fact, my trainer's here, I got to like bounce because he's downstairs. But uh, in my mind, I'm my ideal weight right now. And I'm going to take the actions that align with it. I, I'm not worried about being fat. I'm not worried about not having the right shape because I know I have the vision. I know how to do it. I know how to succeed. Now it's just, let's get fucking, let's, let's get, get to work. It's going to happen. All right. So uh, we hit the, the one hour mark. I was kind of thinking about your podcast. I didn't even know that existed. How can people find that? How can they find you? Uh, I know you've got the website, the YouTube channel, but like the podcast, you got your Facebook presence. Yeah. Summarize? Yeah. Bring it home. What do we got here? All right. So social media, Instagram, Facebook, Jared Psych Lawrence. That's all you got to search in. Jared Psych Lawrence, Psych, P-S-Y-C-H, short for psychology, Lawrence, L-A-U, not L-A-W. So L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. Find me on social media. You can message me. Uh, modern, it's, everything is modern flirting this, modern flirting that. It's a modern flirting podcast. If you type in modern, Google modern flirting podcast, it's going to come up. It's on Podbean, iTunes. It's I've had Alexa playing it uh, recently. It's, it's awesome. You'll hear, um, you know, Joe on it, uh, you know, his episode. I, episode I, 13. I, yeah, episode 13. I, I bring on all the best seducers and success people. Anyone who's amazing with social influence or success, those are the people I'm looking to always bring on the podcast and, and get insights on. And obviously, I have my mentorship program where I personally mentor uh, 
to guys who come in. You can hit me up more about that. I'm more than happy to, you know, take people on. I've already taken on guys uh, from this group in the past and started helping them. I'm always, always down to help out and, you know, help out more. So if you're listening and you want to become insanely good with women, insanely good with your social life, you want to have, you want to, and, and I'm going to be realistic with it. Some people are like, oh, in 30 days and da, da, da. Look, I'm going to do a no bullshit. I'll get you where you want to be. It's probably going to take six months to a year. And you just have to accept that. You just have to realize that's what it takes to like really make a real meaningful transformation. Uh, but if you put in the work, it's, it's, it's literally like, it's almost guaranteed. It's, it's like uh, paint by numbers approach. You just do, I, I've already made all the mistakes for you. I've already, you know, practiced and done this a million times over for the last 15 years. So if getting good with women and better your social life is something you truly value, then definitely uh, hit me up on social media. You can also email me uh, psych at modernflirting.com. So thanks for having me here, Joe.